Episode 84, At Wit's End. This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, home of the Seven Days of Sex Challenge, featuring your hosts, the authors of the groundbreaking new book, Stripped Down, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And I have to say, today is one of those days I'm glad we had the mics at the end of the day, and we uh, had pushed back our podcast from our regular Sunday night recording. Um, Till today. Till today. (laughs) Funny how God kind of orchestrates that stuff, where uh, we've just had, you know, we're just going to jump into what's going on. Yeah. Because it was a heck of a day. And, um, yeah, you want to start? It started off bad <laughs> and I think it ended pretty bad too times. Um, that, that's the way I feel about yeah, today. Yeah. It was just, it was just a combination of kids not listening, tempers being short and, Lots of tears, lots of frustration. And tempers were on my end too. I mean, I completely exploded on both of my kids this morning. I was working at home and Elisa was on a phone call. So we had them, they were inside playing. Alex was playing some Wii and Abby wanted to play some Wii. And so it, it just escalated to the point where I just got so just fiery mad. I, I mean, I haven't been this mad in a while, but it's been it's been growing in me. I, I've noticed, and I haven't taken any precautions, and so that that's just me just trying to push it aside and trying to handle it on my own instead of seeking God's will and God's strength and trying to do it on my own. And because of that, I mean, I just I flew off the handle at Alex to the point of he was walking away from me and I got so mad. I just, I grabbed his arm and at, at this point he's screaming. Elisa's on a call. I felt bad cause it was a business call for Elisa. After it all settled down, I realized it was a business call for Elisa and how embarrassed she must've been when she is hearing all this screaming, which most likely the participant on the other end of the phone was hearing all this screaming as well, wondering what the hell's going on and, the DeLorenzo household there. And in the process of me just pulling at Alex and, and yelling at him, Abby is in utter tears, shaking and screaming and not at all pleased with what her dad has done. She was terrified. Yes. And um, so, yes, I obviously ended my phone call very quickly because I had been in the bedroom um, trying to take my call because with Tony home, kids are doing their thing. Um, you guys know we don't have a very big place, so it's not like I have another office to go to. And, um, you know, I start hearing the screaming and I come out and Alex is, you know, he's in tears. Abby's looking at me and she's bursting into tears and Tony is just off the charts angry. Mm-hmm. And um, our kids have been pushing each other's buttons for the last couple of weeks now. And, you know, it's just, part of it's summer part of it's just they're three years apart at an age where they like to wheedle each other and um they're very very good at it very good at it and 
we've had some defiance coming from both, not some, we've had a lot of defiance coming from both of them. And, um, it's the first time in a long time that I've had to just look at you and tell you to get out of the way. Yes. Just, just get away from the kids, get out of the way. Um, and you know, cause it was one of those things where I'm like, bye, see ya, take yourself out to the garage, mm-hmm. get away from my kids. You, you've done enough this morning cause you've passed the point of being effective. Right. And uh, way past the point of being effective. And, um, so I, you know, draw the kids into the bedroom and, um, just talking to them, you know, talking to them about their behavior, you know, and going in depth that while they're not responsible for your reaction, they're not responsible for how you handled yourself. That, that was how you, you know, cause we tell them all the time, you're responsible for how you react to a situation. Right. So in talking to them, we talk, I talked to them about their behavior. What have they been doing lately? You know, the fact that they can't seem to be in the same room for longer than 30 seconds without one of them starting to scream or cry. Abby has already, well, she's known this for a while, but she has really put it into play lately. The whole, if I scream, he's going to get in trouble. Yeah. And and that's been, been she's been doing that a lot. And he's, he's been having some anxiety about our upcoming trip. He's, you know, concerned about traveling and things like that. And so that manifests itself when he is anxious, he lashes out. We're discovering this about him just because of what's coming up. And so these two combinations of their behavior are pretty volatile Mm -hmm. when they're together. So you've got those two things going on. And then you've got the two of us being preoccupied. And so this is, you know, Tony has this huge explosion. I bring the kids in just to comfort them and to explain, you know what, we're going to get through this today. Just right now, I need you to go to your separate spaces. I need you to calm down. We just need to have everybody in their own location. That was the best hour of the day. I actually think the hour that followed that was the best hour because for the first time ever, the four of us sat down and had a family meeting about what had transpired. And you know, it took a while to drag conversation out of the kids because, and this is kind of funny. So we sit down and we've got a rectangular table in our kitchen and that's where we sit. And it really, with the exception of where Tony sits, you know, at one end of the table, our kids like musical chairs. They just kind of bop around the table at every meal. So we go to sit down to have this family meeting and Tony sits where he always sits. And both of the kids pick the seats as far away from Tony as they can possibly get. They scoot their little bodies down to the opposite end of the table where they know I'm going to sit for this family meeting so that Tony and I will be across from each other. And you know, I had to turn around because I was just, <laughs> it was just funny how they were so upset at you that they just couldn't even physically stand to be by you. Right. And actually I have to back up. We have to, have, we have to go back to our conversation before we get to the family meeting. Okay. Cause I, I was mad. I was really mad at you. Yeah, you were. And you come in and you're like, I've had it. I'm done. Da, 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 da. You know, these kids, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I, we have some responsibility here. And I know that set you off too. Cause you were not pleased 
that I was saying, you know, we've got responsibility for this. As the parents, I, I'm not absolving the kids of their actions, but we set the tone for our household. I understand. And that. if we let them get away with things to the point that they start terrorizing our family, then that's our fault. And that's what I was trying to get across to you, that we have to be more consistent in our discipline with them so that they don't think that, well, you know, maybe they have to tell us two or three times because they're not really going to carry through on what they're talking about. And that's where our frustration comes in because there are times we have to tell our kids five times to do something. And, you know, they can be really good for a while and then, and we can be really good in terms of our behavior and consistency. And then, you know, everything's going well. So you start to, you know, fall off. Everybody gets a little lax. And the next thing you know, you've got World War Three in your house because everybody's lax and irritating everybody else. So Tony and I get into it. I mean, I, well, I was just upset that you took a shower and didn't ask me to come in. I wasn't. Well, well <laughs> okay. I think that's kind of funny because it wasn't like we were really in an intimate place at that point in time. I understand, but I, I figured at that moment, moment we would be able to at least talk. And I felt like, well, she's taking a shower, didn't ask, so she doesn't even want to discuss anything. It wasn't that I didn't want to discuss anything. It was just I was smelly from my workout, and. I felt like that was my time just to kind of decompress. Sorry for the wind sound effect there, guys. Uh, so I'm in the shower and Tony comes in. Can I take a shower with you? And sure, come on in. And so he comes in and we start getting into it in the shower. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the first time we've had a argument in the shower. A argument in our shower. Yeah, that that's that is. I can't think of it happening before. But I just basically told him, look, we have responsibility for this. And I understand we have responsibility. I'm not trying to absolve us from the responsibility factor here. One eye cocked looking at him across the table saying, okay, that's not what you were saying earlier. We've talked numerous times about the QBQ. Question behind the question. Uh You know, don't ask the why question. You ask the what question. Right. What can I do? Right. And I understand that. And we've been doing a lot. I am just at the point where... What more can I do other than locking my kids in their bedroom and not letting them out? Okay. Here's where my argument came from. So I was reading Proverbs this morning. and I'll have I'm to glad somebody was reading their Bible. Because <laughs> I was up at four because I couldn't sleep. Um, but so I'm reading Proverbs 1 because I'm trying to read Proverbs every day corresponding with the day of the week or day of the month. And so we, we probably wouldn't hurt for us to do like some devotional together. We haven't done that. We haven't done that yes. in a while. But Proverbs one thirty two says for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. And I was really convicted reading that verse this morning. And then with all of the events of the day that followed, because I feel, and I explained this to you earlier, I feel like we've gone kind of lax about being involved with our kids. I mean, they run with their friends, they do all this stuff during the day and we're fine letting them play. And we spend our time, and I am super, super guilty of this, doing what I gotta do work-wise and things like that on my computer around the kids to the point where they'd rather be somewhere else than spending time with us. Okay, to be out and playing with their friends, I don't find that as us being bad parents when i grew up at alex's age i would be gone from breakfast after breakfast to dinner right it wasn't that my parents didn't love me it was i would rather be playing with my buddies 
And th- there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't see any issue or any problem with that. It's not so much just the fact that they're out playing with their friends. It's the fact that we're allowing, because we're doing our own thing and we're not involved with them, we're allowing their friends and their friends' attitudes to infiltrate our home. It, things like the attitude that we get that we let slide because, oh, you know, they're playing and they're doing that kind of stuff. And there are times, and this kind of goes back to this verse, the complacency of fools, where we're just like, go find your friends. You know, instead of figuring out a way to interact with them that is a positive experience for all of us, we just send them out to go play with their friends. It's summertime. Go play. Right. But what I'm saying is that's not the only solution. We should be able to do stuff as a family so that they also want to spend time with us because in a really short period of time, they will want nothing to do with us. We do do stuff together. We play games at night. I play games with the kids. I play war. Well, I can't play war with Alex anymore because if I win, he gets all upset. So it's hard to play games with him. Then we have to keep breaking. But my concern is, is that we're creating an environment where our kids don't want to be around us because we are not giving them I'm not saying we have to give them undivided attention they don't need they don't need that but what they do need is when they are trying to engage us and and the reason this is hitting so close to home is because it's me I know I do this I know you do this where we get so into what we're doing whether it's me on my computer or you on your phone that they're an afterthought they have to tell us two and three times. And at that point in time, then we're irritated because they're using their whiny voice. And it's not their fault, but we're too plugged into our electronics that they don't get noticed. I, honey, I agree with, I agree with what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I agree with that. What are we to do, though, when you're running businesses out of the house, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too all the time. So is it, you know, we leave and we're not here at all? It, it You know, we're running businesses out of the house. It's during a work day. I am doing work. What am I supposed to do? Uh, for me, I, I, I've, I've got to, I've got to, I've realized over the last couple of weeks that I need to set more specific business hours for myself because when I just do stuff throughout the day, then there's no time for them to say, oh, mom's, mom's totally engaged with us. Like today, when we finally had that family meeting where things somewhat got ironed out and then I spent the rest of the afternoon with them working on their rooms, creating their spaces doing things like that, I was completely engaged with them. I never got on my computer. I might have answered a couple of texts while they were you know, going to the bathroom and, and doing that kind of stuff, but I was with them. So I, for myself, I'm realizing that I have to set specific time to say, you know, mom's going to work for this amount of time. I hear you on that. The problem is, is when you're saying that, and I've said this to both of ours before, let me have half an hour so I can get this done and I can be done with it. Problem is the interruptions occur. So the half an hour drags out to an hour and a half. I think it goes back to, we have to go back to retraining our kids. You know, it's like when we sat down and had this family meeting today. And so, you know, finally we're like, okay, what's 
going on with the two of you? How, you know, Tony said his piece and then Alex sat here, arms crossed, didn't want to say anything. And, you know, Abby finally, you know, got over her tongue. Broke the silence. Broke the silence. And, you know, we started talking about solutions. What can we do? And she had a lot of good ones to the point where we actually had to ask her to give Alex a voice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we talked through things. We talked through giving the kids a quiet zone in their room, their own personal space. It's their little sanctuary. You know, we actually cordoned off parts of their rooms with some of their furniture and, and reconfigured their rooms and gave them permission when they are in an argument with somebody or they, you know, I, I kept describing because they understand the feeling. They can't always put word to it, but they understand that feeling when you start to get really ticked off at somebody. They know the physiological reaction that they're having. And I've told both of them, you start to get like that. You just raise your hand and say, I need my quiet time. And you have permission to walk away. And we, as your parents have to understand that you are removing yourself from the situation before it escalates to a point where damage occurs. Yeah. I I think we're going to have to put that up on the wall or something for all of us to see. Well, and, And part of it was I had to talk to them about the fact that when we say we need quiet time, because this has been an issue with me and the kids in the past. There are just times when I know I'm about to just lose it. And so I'll look at the kids and say, mommy needs a timeout. Yeah, there are times when I do lose it. And so I take myself in the bedroom and they start banging on the door. Mommy, mommy. And so it's going to come down to continuous training that when I go in there and close the door and say, I need quiet time, I need five minutes to get myself together so I don't turn into the wild screaming banshee mother who Mm -hmm. makes you miserable because that's where I'm going when I say I need quiet time. So I'm training them on the, we're working on the quiet time. Then, uh, what was the other thing that we talked to? Oh, we talked about meals, right? Cause 'Cause meals meals have have been, been you guys have heard us talk about this for months, ups and downs, you know, some days we're really good and some days it's World War three around here on meals. And so, you know, talking about what's the solution on meals and Abby again said, well, I'm going to start cooking my own dinner. Okay. Okay. As long as it's a balanced meal, you can cook your own dinner. Even tonight, she's like, I don't like what you're making. I'm going to, I had some pancake mix in the refrigerator. So she wanted to have pancake mix. And I said, okay, what's your protein? You know, protein and vegetable or fruit. What are you going to have to make this a complete meal? So she had pancakes and cottage cheese. And Alex tonight actually liked dinner. I gave him a choice of two things. He picked the thing that he liked more than the other. And when he was done with that, he asked to have something else. So he got, so we got through a meal. And we've got, we established some boundaries for meals coming up. You Mm -hmm. know, if I put something on your plate, the protein, you have to eat five bites of the protein. And we're not doing tiny little, you know, newborn baby bites. We're doing, you're almost nine kid size bites. Um, And so, you know, working with them to talk about this. And then the big thing is the whole, you're not listening to us. And when I have to repeat myself, when Tony has to repeat himself four or five times and I ask the kids and they say, well, you know, you're not always going to follow through. Mm-hmm. Guilty. So we had to establish some consequences for if you do not listen to us the first time, if you throw a fit over what's going on at the table in terms of a meal, there are going to be some serious consequences first and foremost, and we're not going to discuss it. Abby had it happen tonight. She just couldn't get herself settled down. 
And I walked right in and I took her crayon box away, which is the ultimate in terms of pain for her. And she started to throw fit. I said, you didn't listen the first time. We talked about this earlier today when everybody was calm. We talked about it throughout the afternoon when everybody was calm. You didn't listen. You can have your crayon box packed tomorrow. And surprisingly enough, she actually settled down about it. And it's going to take us doing that over and over again. But it has been a tough day. Yeah, I felt I just wanted to check out. You did. You took a nap. No, that's just because I was tired. I just, I, I felt completely disconnected. I still do. It's, the, when you have this kind of unrest in your family, it really does permeate all aspects of each relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it so ironic that as we're changing the kids' rooms around to make them, uh, more suitable for their needs, more conscious of their space and defining their spaces within their bedrooms. Alex at one point in time jumps on his bed and says, this is the best day ever. And I'm thinking, are we living the same day? Are we? And then at dinner tonight, Abby sits there and Tony starts to pray and she completely interrupts him, which she often does at prayer time because that's a special thing for her to do. And Daddy, I want to pray. I want to pray. And so she starts praying to God about how this morning was really not so good. Yeah. Dear God, this morning was really not very good. But this afternoon was really a lot better. Amen. Yep. A- and I sat there and I looked at my kids and, you know, I had the thought, okay, you know, what? we we blew it royally. Oh, I blew it royally. I had to do damage control. But oh. I, I put us in the we because we parent together and this is not, I'm not sitting here across the table pointing fingers at you. Uh, you know, it, it, it no, was just, I understand, it was a bad, but it was my actions that caused all the issues that we've dealt with today. And, and it's been, you know, when you have these struggles between, you know, parenting your children and interacting with each other, Tony and I don't fight really all that often. It's been a long time. To the point, and you know, to the point where our kids know we're arguing. And there might be times where we're like, eh, I don't really like, you know, little, I don't want to say barbs, but just little back and forth. But this was full out. The kids knew it was going on. The kids knew there were sides and there were different parents thinking different things. And there's part of me that says, you know what? It's good for them to know that we can argue and work through this. They're not going to grow up in a house where they never see their parents argue or have disagreements and don't know how to handle it when they get married. And there's a part that says, okay, this was just really not a good overall day. But yet at the end, even though we had trouble getting Abby to sleep and Alex too, he's still, I think, wandering around as we do this podcast. The kids actually saw really good things in the day. We ended up at the end of the day and going to the mall together, doing that as a family. Which we never do. We, we are not we mall do. people, but Alex needed a pair of shoes. that For an upcoming wedding. For, an, oh, for a wedding. So we, we did that together. We spent some time together. 
Got through dinner together. Got through dinner together. Yeah. It, it just, it takes its toll. It takes its toll in a marriage. And that's why I said at the beginning of the show that I'm glad that tonight was the night that we were on the mics. Um, you guys know we usually try and podcast on Sunday nights. And yesterday it just... Just didn't happen it just for didn't some happen. reason or other. I think we just had other... Things were happening. By the time the evening came, we were just pretty much done. Right. And... Yeah. And uh, the so summer, this summer is taking its toll on us. And it's August 1st. Yeah. It's August 1st. You guys will be listening to this on August 2nd. It's so important when you have these situations in your marriage that you do work through them because where Tony and I were, you know, 10 hours ago, 11 hours ago, mm-hmm. we were not in a good place. You know, I wanted him to understand the magnitude of his actions. I wanted him to understand that we had a responsibility for shaping this. As the head of the family, we have a responsibility for shaping what our family looks like. And while I might not have been right on all my points, I still wanted us to work through this because we could have gone all day without having that family meeting. Right. It's the first one we've ever had where we've gotten both kids to sit down for most of the time, stay engaged with us. And you, that Tony initiated that. The, the kids and I actually were just kind of waiting for you to leave so that we could go about our business. And they kept saying, when's daddy going to leave? When's daddy going to leave? I'm like, I, sorry, kids. I don't know. I'm waiting for him to go too. Because... It, there was so much tension this morning. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really glad that you initiated that because it changed. Even though I know you still haven't gotten to the point where you're in a good place again, it changed the entire tenor of the er, not tenor. Where did that come from? It changed the entire feeling of the day. Because even though you were responsible for creating the problem this morning, in terms of just going off the handle, going too far, by taking the lead and sitting down with the kids in a calm fashion, it showed them how a situation like that can come full circle and work towards resolution. And that's huge for them to be able to say, okay, this was really, really bad. But we were able to sit down calmly. You listened to their suggestions. We didn't agree with all of them. Some of them were a little far-fetched. Abby wants a tree house and we have no trees. Uh, it was a good one. It was a good one. You know, she she was willing to, when that didn't work, she was willing to get, you know, they thought maybe a shed from Home Depot that they could divide down the middle, although she said she'd give him the bigger half. Uh, too many Berenstein Bears. Sister Bear and Brother Bear get in a fight. Yeah. The kids saw resolution. And that's that's a valuable lesson. And it gave them worth after feeling like they had no worth. Because when you came down on them this morning, they only felt fear. Mm -hmm. And so by being able to sit calmly and talk to them, you got to say your piece. Everybody got to say their piece, you know, both little heads, some more than others, just because she likes to talk more. They felt heard Mm -hmm. and validated. And that's a huge lesson. It's a huge lesson for us. To say that type of thing has to happen more often when we have situations that are not going well. And maybe that's what has to happen earlier 
so that we don't get to World War III breaking out in our living room. I'd agree. To say, you know, to call a family meeting or as Abby called it, our conference. Right. And it has to happen between the two of us too. Again, that's why the mics are so important tonight. For us to sit down and not be crawling into bed going, hmm. Hi, good night. Love you. Which has happened in the past. Which has happened in the past. That's, you know, until we both kind of calm down and we talk about it the next day or maybe the day after. Resolution is so important in conflict. However that takes place in your family, whether you're a husband that flies off the handle or the wife that flies off the handle because... Let's face it, we're home with the kids during the summer and they start pushing each other's buttons. And guess what? They're really good at pushing the stay-at-home parents' buttons too. Uh, You have to have some way to apologize for your mistakes, own them. Our, Our kids need to see us own up when we make a big mistake, even when we make little mistakes. Oh, most definitely. I mean, even tonight, I read to Alex and you know one of the big things I said to him I said listen Alex your dad screwed up I'm not perfect I've never professed to be perfect all I can ask is that you forgive me and I want you to know I love you even though I inflicted fear into you this morning I I love you and I hope that you can accept my apology and he just gave me a big hug so I figured we were cool that was another interesting thing that happened this morning. So one of Tony's beefs with the kids when he and I were talking was that just doesn't feel any sense of appreciation. And as the kids were having this conversation with us during our conference, at one point in time, Abby actually leans over the chair in between the two of them and just kind of looks up at Tony, little pucker, like, I'm ready to kiss you, Dad. You can kiss me now. And then a little bit later on, we were kind of wrapping it up and I turn around and both kids are draped all over Tony. And it was at that point that I knew that we had come to enough of a resolution while the fear isn't necessarily erased. No, there's enough of a resolution that they feel comfortable around you again. And and that's a really big deal because right after it happened, when I was talking to them, Abby's like, well, I'm not listening to daddy ever again. And I said, okay, that is not a good solution. Right. Let's, let's not, that it's a solution. I'm glad you're being a problem solver, but that's not going to be the one that's going to smooth things over. Mm-hmm. You're still our child. We need to treat you with respect and you also need to treat us with respect. And that's something that we need to be working on. And it's not easy. It's not easy with all of these technological inputs, with all of the different personalities that you have in your household. We happen to have two very strong-willed children. Uh, God has an incredible sense of humor and thought that two strong-willed individuals needed two strong-willed children. So there are four of us in this house that at any given time can dig in their heels. Right. And do. And so you have to, you can't be that stiff pole. You have to be willing to bend. And talk and listen. And, you know, the reason we're talking about this tonight, obviously, it's it's gr- a great topic. More importantly, it's for you guys to know that 
you got two people here behind the mics that aren't perfect. We screw up. And even though we screw up, our marriage and everything around us is still important. And we're still going to work on it. Even though I'm not feeling 100% right now, doesn't mean I'm going to just completely disengage and not engage Elisa or engage my kids to rectify and have resolution. So if you're going through issues like we've been going through here today, let it be known that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things about the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast is that, you know what? There are days that just suck. They do. And we're here to let you know that we love you. And we know you guys love us. I mean, there's nothing better than this community when it comes to being true faced and open and honest, you know, and we just can thank you for that. But for you guys to also know that you got a listening ear over here who understands those issues. We don't come to you with a, with a smiley face and go, everything's great. Cause we really could have come behind these mics tonight and just said, everything's fantastic. And we could have told you about all the highlights that we've had this week. And we've had a lot, we've had a lot of good stuff that has happened this week. And we could have just gone over all of those and just brushed this under the rug. But you know what? That's not what it's about. You know, this podcast isn't about talking about all the highlights in life and just rolling by like nothing ever happens. Crap happens in our lives. Crap happens in our marriages. It happens in our day jobs. It happens in our night jobs. It happens with our kids. It happens to me. It happens to Elisa and it happens to you. And so... I hope tonight and today, whenever you're listening to this, that you just realize that we have our issues. And if this is one of your issues and and you've gone through this this summer or last summer with your kids, your stay-at-home parents, you work at home, you're juggling all this stuff, let us know how you are making it happen. How do you make it work? Elisa and I have never professed to know everything that there is to know we can always learn and we're always willing to learn and change and adjust. So if you have some ideas of what you've done that have worked, let us know, let the community know Mm -hmm. because we all can use help. I think the best part is, is that when we share this stuff with one another, we're able to grow. It's true. It's, Tony and I were just talking the other day because last year, uh, about this time, we'd mentioned a few times that we were excited about the kids going back to school. And I'm actually really surprised this year that we're already at August. It seems to me like the summer has gone by really fast. And I I can tell that we're experiencing some shifts in our relationships because I'm actually, you know, not sad that summer is coming to an end, but I'm not real thrilled about it either because it seems like it's gone by so fast. Mm-hmm. And I've had a good time. I've had good times with the kids this summer. I don't have that same sense of frazzledness in spite of these moments. I see them more as moments now instead of periods. Right. And, you know, I challenge you to look at it. Don't think of it as a season. Think of it as a day. Tony had put up before we podcast that we were going to be talking about this. And one of our listeners said, remember, tomorrow's a new day. Right. And it's true. Thank you, David. And you can go a long way by taking it one day at a time, not beating yourself up about the past, 
past is over. You absolutely cannot change anything that has already been done. You can change the present. You're living in the present. You can make, just like I tell my kids, you can make a decision each and every minute of the day as to what your attitude and what your behavior is going to be. That's completely up to you. So what are you going to do this week? What choices are you going to make in how you relate to your spouse? Are you going to let the bad stuff infiltrate your marriage and then choose not to resolve it? Or if it does come in, are you going to say, you know, we need to sit down and talk about this. There's some junk going on. I'm not treating you right or you're not treating me right. We need to, we need to clear the air, clear the slate because you don't want it to fester. You want to have the opportunities to sit across each other from a table and say, we just need to talk because it's going to go a long way wherever your marriage is, whether you've got a good marriage and it's just a little blip on the radar screen or your marriage is experiencing some challenges right now. In either scenario, sitting down and having that one-on-one conversation where it is just the two of you, you are focused on each other. There's no electronics. Granted, we have our laptops on during the podcast. I have to disclose that. Uh, Tony's recording and I look up things like Proverbs and stuff like that. But have the time, the concentrated time where whatever the issue is, you calmly sit down and talk about it. And if you start to feel yourself getting escalated, you start to feel that feeling that you know, I'm getting ramped up here. Look at your spouse and say, you know what? I need a little quiet time. And if you're the spouse here and I need a little quiet time, give it. Don't keep beating them up about an issue when they've already told you you're about to push my buttons. That's the literal translation for I need quiet time. You are pushing my buttons and I'm going to go off on you. Yep. So, <sighs> glad we had this time on the mic tonight. I am too. So, we'll end it up with survey, listener survey. Oh, yeah. com. Please go on over there and fill out that survey. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know who you are. It just helps us to grow and hopefully make improvements, changes that need to happen. So that way we give you what you guys are wanting and um, can continue to do this. For everything else, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. We hope your day has been awesome. You're doing well. You're enjoying your summer it's on vacation or you're doing a staycation or whatever you might be doing. We are just excited for you guys. We love you and take care and God bless. Thanks for listening to the one extraordinary marriage podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-5663 or send us an email to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. The website is oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our Marriage Minute Monday newsletter, and you can also purchase Tony and Elisa's new book, Stripped Down. It's available now in print, audio, and ebook formats. Also, the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now. If your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com.